Hey there, Friday Night Movie fans. Welcome to a very special episode of the podcast. We got to interview Steve Kostansky, the director of the amazing, hilarious, scary horror comedy film PG Psycho Gorman, which everybody knows that I loved. Highly recommend you go and check it out. The Blu-ray drops on March 16th, so you can pre-order your copy, listen to this episode, get primed to watch it, then when your copy arrives, enjoy the movie, then come back and listen to this episode again. Steve was phenomenal. He was uh, really fun. He even played a little by renter man and did a comparathon with us. So we are hugely thankful to him for making the time, and we hope you enjoy this really fun episode. At the beginning of the episode, Becky, Lily, and I will do our usual chit-chat introduction. Then Steve comes on, and then we wrap up with the usual shouts outs and recs. So again, this was a ton of fun. We hope you enjoy it as much as we did. Check out Psycho Gorman. Blu-ray comes out on March 16th. And welcome to a very special episode of the Friday Night Movie Podcast. In this episode, we will be exclusively speaking about PG Psycho Goreman, a movie you know that we've loved and that I have been talking about nonstop. Because on March 16th, the Blu-ray of PG Psycho Goreman is out. And in conjunction with this exciting release, director of the film, Steve Kostansky, has agreed to come on the Friday Night Movie Podcast. So we'll be getting to that in a little bit. But first, Lily, Becky, going to dispense with how you're doing. Your brother, I know that I brought you this movie, but this movie, it found me. I don't exactly know how. It's about- It's like the algorithm fairies, like sprinkled dust on you and then presented you with a movie that was made literally for you. This is a film- about a couple of kids who seem very Canadian. It's not verified that this movie takes place in Canada, but they are very Canadian. And they find in their backyard, they dig up a demon for which they are able to control this demon and they rename the demon, right? They give him the name Psycho Gorman. And they go on tons of fun adventures and there's blood and there's guts and there's humor and there's love. And it is from this director, Steve Kostansky, who uh, has made a series of really funny and brilliant comedy horror pieces of which I have immersed myself in. Lily, what is your, what's your take on this film? My take is that this is a genre that I think is incredibly difficult to do well. Because... And, and, and you, uh, pulling from an interview that I, I heard from the director... You could, if the people in the movie are laughing at the movie, right? If they're like too wink wink to the camera, it's just like the cheese, it's so cheesy and it, it looks like they're too in on it and it, it's not an enjoyable experience. It just doesn't, you know, hit the mark. And then if it's too scary and there's not enough comedy, then it's not really part of that genre. And then that's like some horror movies have some funny scenes, but like, it's like a weird mix like how scary us is or get out like it's not too much comedy is not meant to be in there right it's like a very delicate balance and what i think is amazing about this is that 
they it's so taken seriously during the movie with all the characters and the actors and the special effects and everything that you're really like in the world of these of this family i said like at one point this movie i thought like for a second i was like oh this movie's about marriage or or something <laughs> because of the like, husband and wife the husband and the wife and like there's a lot going on but it was highly enjoyable you know what i mean and and I think that it's just a great example of the genre. And and I don't think you see that very much anymore at all. It's hard today. to land. Becky, what did you think? I think this film is all about the practicals. It's all about the practical effects, costumes. I think from what I, I know, people who are really passionate about this genre, they are craftsmen in a way that doesn't really exist anymore, which is that of um actual like like not using cg they're actually using costumes and creatures and uh, like i was saying like right. practical creature effects we like creature effects like practical tree, creature effects and i think it makes me think of all these other like craftsmanships and trades that are slowly like dying out in the digital world and so it's like this um uh it's very sacred in a sense and so this film is all about that so whether or not you like this genre. And I think even if this is not your cup of tea, it's still, you would particularly, you'd still like this movie because it is so funny and, um, and different from everything else you're probably watching. And if you do like the genre, then I think it's a fabulous example of what can be done, but regardless of where you fall on that, it's worth watching for how well executed these practical effects are, the creature effects are, um, it, you, I mean, I think other than this, like, where do you see stuff like this? Jim Henson? I mean, like, that's about it. Uh, it's, and it's pretty miraculous to think this obviously has nowhere near the budget of something like Dark Crystal, but they're doing so, so much with what they have. And you see true creativity um, and boundaries really being pushed. So I, for I, me, I, that's what this film was was about. I think you hit on something. I mean, I, I'm sure filmmakers all want bigger budgets, right? Like, yeah. But but there is something to be said when filmmakers achieve something amazing within those limits. I think of the first Raid movie, right? The Raid Redemption, which was done on a very low budget, and it's one of the best action movies ever made. Um, the, it is it it makes it on another level impressive when they do some of the things that they do in this movie. The the head explosions, the creature effects, all of the different gallery of creatures. Like mm -hmm. I haven't seen such intricate designs of different creatures. Like these, these guys who made this are really artists. And then the other thing that I'll say for me that just sticks out and now having watched a few films by this crew, the chemistry and the way they pull together the cast is especially awesome. There's no flat, actors everyone feels like they're supposed to be in this show and even though you've basically never heard of anybody that's in it it, it they really they really land and the kid the main kid she is so incredibly funny i have to get her name right nita, oh, anita nita jose henna as as mimi is amazing and then i, I would say the other mvp uh is definitely adam brooks as, oh yeah, big time. As Greg. Now, Adam Brooks has been, so I watched a few of Steve Kostansky's movies leading up to this, and he's part of a crew of film directors called Astron Six, and their entire premise was to make 
VHS style 80s ish movies, and they've made a series of movies and trailers. And I watched this one called Manborg, which in which Adam Brooks plays two characters. And then I watched this one called Father's Day, which is Manborg is very accessible. It's like a super weird, awesome sci-fi with stop motion anime. By the way, stop motion creature effects. Do we even see that anymore? Incredible. Yeah. And then Father's Day has some of it too, but Father's Day is an extremely gory horror movie, like like more gory than I can. Like borderline body horror. Like over the edge of body horror. Oh, like 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 hostile kind of like 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 stuff I don't watch. But Adam Brooks, but that's not what all of the movies, I would say like, that's like a quarter of the movie. A lot of it is Adam Brooks, like as this deadpan uh, hero with an eye patch, who's like searching for revenge against the serial killer. And he is totally different than he is in PG Psycho Gorman. And he's also hilarious. And go back to Lily's point, he's not really winking at the camera. He's playing it as if he's just like a cheesy actor in the 80s making a movie like this and taking it really seriously when obviously this movie is meant to be like a certain amount of a joke. So I think he's I think he's a, a huge gem in, in in this film. All right, Friday Night Movie fans, we're going to pause our conversation there and bring you our interview with Steve Kostansky, director of PG Psycho Gorman, out on Blu-ray on March 16th. Hey, Steve. Okay. Hi, how's it going? Doing Steve. all. Um, welcome to the Friday Night Movie Podcast. This is a podcast that was created by three siblings who grew up in Montreal. I'm Shy. I'm going to invite my other sisters to say hello. Hi, I'm Hi. Becky. Hi, I'm Lily. Hi, nice to meet you guys. Uh, Becky is based two doors down from me. Lily is based in the Canary Islands. And this show is all about our, our family and our love of pop culture. And we loved Psycho Gorman. Um, so oh, sweet. congratulations on the film. And if I could start, I know we don't have a ton of time. If I could just, if I could, and then we've watched a bunch of your interviews. So if it's all right with you, um, we'd love to kind of jump right in. And we've been talking up the movie yeah, anyway. We grew up renting movies on VHSs in Montreal and being traumatized by the boxes, the contents. You've talked about how that is one of your inspirations a, do you have siblings and uh, that you were growing up renting movies like this with? And how do they feel about PG Psycho Gorman and your general filmmaking? <laughs> uh, I have an older brother um, and he definitely like influenced uh, some of my tastes growing up. He's more into music than into film. So the big one from him that I got that traumatized me was Pink Floyd the Wall. Oh, yeah. uh, I saw that at a young age and it uh you know really messed me up as that movie does. Uh a lot of it really came from my dad and my friends I found. Uh like my dad almost as a joke would show me stuff that would freak me out. Uh, especially anything like animated. I remember him showing me heavy metal at oh, a wow. very young and just like just to be like, hey Steve, you like Saturday morning cartoons? Check this out, and you know, <laughs> being bombarded with cartoon violence and nudity, and being like, I, I don't know how I should feel about any of this. Um, but yeah, also just my friends, uh, they were a big influence uh, because they had older siblings that were movie nuts, and so specifically my friend Kieran, he would loan me movies 
and we'd go rent movies uh, from the local video store and watch stuff that was uh, way above our uh, acceptable age range of movie. Um, so yeah, that's where a lot of it came from was watching movies with him. He's the one that introduced me to like all the full moon and empire pictures stuff. And, uh, yeah, very vivid memories of him explaining to me the puppet master series and being a little freaked out, but also a little, uh, allured by it, a little enticed because it sounded super fun. So yeah, he was a big influence as far as like what my family thinks of PG. I mean, they seem to like it. Uh, they're always hypercritical of everything that I make, uh, which is good. I mean, I like having people that are straight with me about my projects, but uh, they definitely appreciated what I was going for. And my brother loved the music in the movie, so you'll be getting the soundtrack. Oh, the music so. is the music is killer. The music, yeah. is, music is so good, amazing. Yeah, Blitz Berlin, the uh, group that composed the score really knocked it out of the park. I gave them a very, uh, like, kind of high bar. Well, I said a very high bar for what I wanted the score to be on this movie. I told them, like, I kind of wanted to feel a little bit like Highlander at times. So basically being like, could you make, like, music that rocks as hard as Queen rocks? Uh, <laughs> it's, like, maybe not not the most reasonable direction to give on a low-budget <laughs> project where you don't have a lot of time and resources. But I think... I think they totally hit the mark and did a fantastic job and made the movie as like anthemic as it needs to be. It's, it's a style of, of score that I don't think a lot of movies have anymore where it feels like, yeah, you, you brought in a, a rock band to kind of compose and also just have original songs thrown into the movie. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm a drummer and I will never, never forget the iconic, what I think is an iconic image now of PG behind the drums in the band. Um, but speaking of, uh, I, I would say, you know, the challenges of the budget and all those things, Becky, my sister, who is a filmmaker, uh, definitely has some questions about the the effects and all that. Beck, over to you. Yeah, so... I, so yeah, I've, I've worked in production for, for a very long time, uh, now. Um, and, but I, am also the youngest of the three of us. So I'm the biggest baby when it comes to watching scary stuff. And I will say that practical effects are just more terrifying than CG. Why is that? Well, I mean, a real thing is scary and a, a thing that you know is fake is immediately like you can immediately dismiss that no matter how good the CG is. And so I find, yeah, practical effects just on a like very primal instinctual level are always going to be more unsettling, even if it looks fake. Like that's, what's crazy about it is like, you'll watch movies where the effects maybe don't look real, but it can still be bothersome where I find that never happens with CG. If anything, I'm observing CG and being like, Oh, they did a really good job on that. Those tentacles are, like real gross and slimy looking, but I'm never like in the moment in the story being horrified, which is like what the intention is, you know, like I find CG is more impressive and I'm just observing it as like a, a piece of art and not as like a, a thing that's happening in the story that I'm engrossed in. And I find just as a director, having practical effects on set is always better for everyone. Like it's, it, you know, having having a creature on your location that's being hit by the lighting of your location, like it's affected by all the dynamics of the space, 
as well as being something that actors can interact with directly is always better because everyone's in the moment together experiencing it as opposed to everyone having to pretend that something is happening that is not happening, like pretending there's a monster there, but being like, yeah, but react to that tennis ball on a stick. To me, that's just not the same. Like you need to have a real thing there uh, for people to perform against and react to. And then, you know, you just, even just for like your camera operators and things like something that they can shoot and, and have in the frame uh, is, always ideal like that's the way it should always be well your cast was just amazing and i myself have immersed myself in in, in your astronaut six work lily my, my my sister who sees a lot of horror movies had a lot of great things to say about the cast lil over to you um so yeah amazing casting amazing actors it was just so fun to watch everybody um and uh, of course, uh, Nita, Jose, Hannah, and Owen Mir as Mimi and Luke were so great. Um, but to me, I just can't, I kept texting my brother and sister that keep going back to Adam Brooks's performance as Greg and how amazing he was as the dad. And we wanted to kind of ask you a little bit about your the clear chemistry you have with him uh, because I mean, he's hilarious, but it's, he takes it so seriously at the same time and it's so well done and just kind of ask you a little bit about that, like working relationship from your other movies as well. I think for me as a director, like I want to just emulate the experience of watching movies with my friends in every scenario that I'm in. And so having existing relationships like existing friendships with cast and crew is super important. Like if I could just keep using the same people over and over again and just like <laughs> them around in different roles, I totally would. And that's definitely been the experience with the Astron six guys because we have that friendship and that camaraderie. And so I, like I've known Adam for so long now, like I think we first met it had to have been like 2005, 2006, maybe uh, we met through a mutual friend and realized we were both making uh, shoddy, low-budget, uh, like, shot-on-video horror short films uh, and wanted to collaborate on stuff. So we've been working together ever since. And, yeah, he, he's just always been there as a, as a collaborator and as a friend, and I, I love having him around. That's... Just having having a presence like that, like somebody that I I know and have that kind of comfort with, is super important on all my projects. So yeah, it was great to be able to like bring him along on this and have him, you know, play this great character that I wrote very much just for him. But also just having him on set as somebody to bounce ideas off of and get opinions on because he's very straight with me. He'll always tell me exactly what he's thinking. Like wow. he won't bullshit me on stuff. So yeah, it's great having that second opinion on things somebody who can work if they think something's working or not well he's terrific and and in when we release our full episode if you end up getting a chance to listen you'll hear us talk about his versatility from all the different films now if you have if you're up for it we always like to play some of our signature pop culture games with guests um i've got two prepared for you uh one is one is called the comparathon okay and a comparathon is I'm going to give you a name of a director, generally in the horror sci-fi genre, particularly ones that I know from, from having read some of your interviews that you're interested in, and then some others. 
And you essentially just pick one or the other, and we go down the list, and we see who your champion is. And if we have time, I've got a second one. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. All right, so first one on the list is Hitchcock, and it's Hitchcock versus Carpenter. John Carpenter. Carpenter. Carpenter versus Wes Craven. Carpenter. Carpenter versus Hooper. Carpenter. Carpenter versus Steven Spielberg, because, you know, Jaws. And E.T. Carpenter, all right. Carpenter versus James Cameron from your beloved Terminator 2. James Cameron. (laughs) Okay. Cameron, now this is the aliens versus aliens question. Cameron versus Ridley Scott. Cameron. Cameron versus Jordan Peele. Cameron. Cameron versus Roger Corman. No relation to us, even though that is our father's name. Cameron. Cameron versus Clive Barker. Cameron. Cameron versus Rob Zombie. Cameron. Cameron versus James Wan. Cameron. All right, four more. Savini, Tom Savini. Like Cameron versus Savini? Yeah. Cameron. Cameron. Cameron versus George Romero. Cameron. Cameron versus Cronenberg. Cameron. All right, and now versus... Someone who I think you embody the spirit of, one of my favorite directors of all time. I hope you take this as a compliment. Cameron versus the great Sam Raimi. Cameron. Wow. Wow. All right. wow. That, that we know how important that, oh. how, that film and is to you. This is well, like, huge. Like, come on, guys. Like, Terminator and Terminator 2. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, we agree. You're, we you're agree. Not, we're not going to fight you on it. We, we think the great answers. Great answer. Like, you cannot top that guy. I'm sorry. He's made the best movies. I don't I don't know how he did it, but he did. Uh, so you can't top him. All right. With our two minutes left, we're going to soak up as much as we can with you. Uh, uh, we love your love of the old properties, the masters of the universe, the Ninja Turtles, the Thundercats. All right. I'm going to put three, or I don't know if you love the Thundercats. I put that one in there. But I'm going to put those three in front of you. Okay. Rank them. Our ranking system is buy, rent, and meh, meaning one of these you'll buy. You want to make that property, your own version, whether it's straight or, or a horror comedy or another version. One is kind of middle of the road rent, and one of them is meh, and tell us why. Masters of the Universe, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, or the Thundercats? Okay, so buy would be Masters of the Universe, because I just love that kind of epic fantasy world, and I could spend the rest of my life in that universe. Uh, and then Ninja Turtles, I would rent. Uh, I mean, I do have a soft spot for Ninja Turtles. And uh, meh for Thundercats, since I've never really been that into Thundercats. Hmm. So, yeah. All right. All right, we've got a couple minutes left. I would love to know just what is the question you wish you were answering about PG Psycho Gorman, which we have, we will mention again, we've mentioned this already in our episode or recording out on Blu-ray March 16th. Everyone should get it. I pre-ordered mine a long time ago. I also ordered one of those posters that I believe you signed. Uh, um, so, oh, nice. so totally all in on, uh, on the release of the film, but what's a question you wish folks were asking you? I don't know. Everybody's asking such a wide range of questions. Uh, though nobody is asking me if the line, it's fun, it's hip, it's wow, and it's now. Nobody's asking me if that's a Spider-Man 3 reference, which it is. 
Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> I'm surprised that nobody picked up on that yet. Like at least I, not that I've seen uh, that bit. And I, I think I'm quoting it right. Where Ted Ramey is like pitching to J. Jonah Jameson, like the new kind of slogan. Yeah. Uh, for the newspaper. So, so Ramey, so that's a nod to the Ramey's. Yes. Oh, okay, cool. All right. That that makes that make that that makes me happy because I mean that I mean I could talk to you for hours. Literally, I know we don't have time, but I'm sure there's lots of folks saying Evil Dead or you know immediately when they talk to you. So it's nice to know that they're in your thing of influence. Well, look, Steve. Oh, Steve, I want to be respectful of your time, and I want to be just tremendously grateful for for you spending this time with us and for this film. It is so much fun. It is, it's got a little bit of everything and we cannot wait to see what you're making next. Oh, thank you very much. It was great chatting with you, Jeff. So Thanks great for joining us. Thank you so much for, for joining us. Oh, no problem. We'll, we'll do this again soon sometime. Oh, I, man. We, we, we love that. Would love we that. would <laughs> love that. You are welcome on the pod anytime. anytime. We'd love to have you back oh, for a, for well, a full episode. Thank you. All right. Best of luck, Steve. We can't wait to see what comes next. Bye. 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 So we just finished speaking to Steve Kostansky, director of Psycho Gorman. And that guy is so cool. How much do you just want to hang out and be one of his friends that gets to be in his movies? I'd love to do a set visit on something he's shooting. That would be sure. like, like I, cause I I've like been on a lot of sets it, and that's a set but, I want to be on. But I feel like because if you visit his set, they're going to be like, hey, can you help us paint this over here? Like, no, they'll oh. be like, carry this bucket of blood if you don't mind. Right. That's like, just, just splash you should like you go in rain boots just in case and like right. some coveralls because you're going to get something. I feel splattered. like that's how they work and that's like super fun. I made it just made me so happy to hear who he loved in the films because car, like, Carpenter, Cameron, Sam Raimi, I feel like all three of those directors are such a big part of what I saw in the film, but I don't want to be a jerk and be like, so what is it like to be the next Sam Raimi kind of guy? But clearly, like, he has such love. And I feel like he does it well. He does like the, you know, the. the, Yeah, I think he does the I don't think it's like the gore and like the monsters and all that I think is wonderful and the influences are amazing. But I think personally i think the hardest part is to land the comedy and i think he's doing an amazing favorite job comedic moment can we go around i mean to favorite... wrap it up can we say our favorite yeah. comedic moment yeah i mean my favorite comedic moment i will say is just anything around the warrior's death oh my that god the war- that was i was gonna say the warrior's death that no no i will I give have... you a warrior's death no <laughs> I, I have a very the fact that they repeat it. I was I was losing it. I was laughing. That so was very hard. funny. But like my favorite thing was when the parents first meet PG, and he's like freaking out at them. And the dad was and the dad's like she did that was her like to the mom like <laughs> she's standing behind the mom being like no 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 she she was the one like that pissed you off not me and like he's totally throwing her to a monster i thought and the fact that when he's on the toilet and like he gets up and he has to go find and help save pg he doesn't wipe like that to me is very specific <laughs> i was like oh my god he didn't wipe he's just going i know the so, warrior's yeah. death and the repeated use of that just that was yeah that, that so was well fantastic. done well um let's quickly just say our our recs and shout outs what we've been watching i have been watching all of his movies as as i mentioned but the one i didn't mention 
which I absolutely loved. It's a short film. It's from the Astron 6 crew. So the folks he made Manborg and Father's Day with, it's called Chow Boys, an American folktale, an American folktale, and it is animated. And it's got some gore in it, but in general, it's got like this sort of hateful eight, but much funnier vibe to it. It's Adam Brooks and Jeremy Gillespie and Matthew Kennedy, who are the kind of core three actors that are in those films. And that's going to be my big wreck for this week. And we started coming to America part two last night. And the first half, Allie and I were laughing really hard and it was like a nice nostalgic you know, uh, update of a, of a, of a really fun movie. And it was much better than I expected with all the people being like, you know, I, I liked the first half a lot. It's great. What about you? Well, in the horror, like, you know, on that note, we started this like new Sam Bean. Is it Sam? Bean? No, Sam's not the right one. Sean. Thank you. I was like, Sam sounds weird. Sean Bean. (laughs) Sam Bean is a little animated character. Right. I don't know. I, I mean, I had Sean, but it came out as Sam. Uh, Sean Bean uh, from Lord of the Rings and obviously Ned Stark. Um, uh, he's in a show called The Frankenstein Chronicles, which mm. is very creepy and takes place in um, uh, early, I think it's like 1827. So, uh, or early-ish 19th century uh, London. And there's like a serial killer and there's like a Frankenstein theme going through it and um, very creepy. But the first episode was cool. So, yeah, we're watching that. All right. Keep me posted because I'm not going to get in on I that. I do not I think know it's I'm, I think it might be a little too scary. Frankenstein so, is not a, a, a horror thing I'm super into. I, Dracula, I'm more. Well, interested. I think it's inspired by it's like it, take, it take takes place Frankenstein in Frankenstein like over Dracula. Dracula is really really scares the teasers out of me. I can't do Dracula. There is um uh there's someone that I have been engaging with on Clubhouse. Her name is Antonia Carlotta, and she has a YouTube channel that is devoted to the history of like old Hollywood, particularly on the Universal Monsters. And I was watching her thing on the Phantom of the Opera last night. That's really good. But she goes into like all of this stuff. She would be a fun person to talk about the Frankenstein show with. Maybe I maybe I'll convince you. You have to watch it. Uh, Becky, what about you? What are you watching? PG Psycho Gorman. That's what I was watching this week. I mean, and we watched some other. And stuff I watched we my watched- first episode of Bob's Burger, and I laughed my face off. And it just was it the one with Jose Cr- in it? Jose's in that show. It's the no. No, uh, I'll get to that. The show episode we watched episode. was so good, and it just proves my point, which is that Kristen Shaw is the funniest, and Jeez. she just Jeez. everything she does makes me cackle. Uh, so yeah. Good All right, Beck. Where can people follow you? At Paper BK Princess on Twitter. And Lily. Chichi C H I C H I K Gomez on Twitter. And you can follow me at Pancake and the Number Four Table on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow all the Friday Night Movie shenanigans at Friday Night Movie uh, on Twitter and Instagram or FridayNightMoviePod.com. Check out Psycho Gorman, PG Psycho Gorman, March 16th, coming out on Blu-ray. If you haven't already watched it on demand because we've been talking about it so much. Director Steve Kostansky was with us today and we love when the Friday Night Movie family supports our awesome guests. And this movie is just a hilarious, amazing, horrifying riot all into one. Um, on a serious note, there's no easy segue out of Psycho Gorman to the real world. On a serious note, our family supports the NAACP Legal Defense Fund and the Equal Justice Initiative. And uh, please go and check out those organizations. Uh, and uh, with that, our 
theme music um, will kick in. Actually, before theme music kicks in, I have one more thing. Okay, but, sorry. Uh, sorry, a segue. You're hurrying me. I know, I know. Sorry. Um, uh, talk. We this episode was about fictional monsters, um, and we don't talk about serious, uh, relevant or, or serious things on this pod, except that I do want to promote a crowdfunding campaign for a documentary film that I have become very, very deeply moved by and extremely passionate about supporting. It is called And So I Stayed. We will put up the link in our show notes to the crowdfunding um, campaign. It is, uh, it's a difficult, but, but incredibly important film. Um, that's about survivors of domestic violence who are unjustly incarcerated for killing their abusers in self-defense. The filmmakers are two people I deeply respect, Daniel Nelson and Natalie um, Patio. And um, I, I really just, I can't say enough about it. I want to see this film finished. I want to see it in front of as many viewers and as wide as an audience as possible. I think it is it is incredibly relevant and important, unlike this pod. So, um, <laughs> You're right, our our podcast, ep- our, our podcast. podcast, not this episode. This, no, this episode, episode. <laughs> just in the, general. The, the general, the general, you know, goofiness of our podcast. So, um, we'll we'll put up a link to that. Please, uh, if you have some time, go read about it. There are ways to support the film that are not just with money, uh, and they have a whole list on that page as well of how you can just support them and support getting this uh, this story out there. So, um, yeah, that's all. Now we can dance to the music and say goodbye. Yes, now we dance to the music and we say goodbye. Good job. Bye. Bye.